Today on the Expert Ownership Podcast, we're talking with Chris Hogan. This dude is a stud, former NFL guy, was an executive at a mortgage company, and now he's one of Dave Ramsey's personalities. Those, those dudes are pretty amazing. He's a financial expert, best-selling author of Everyday Millionaires. He interviewed over 10,000 millionaires, but he didn't interview you, Jason. No, he didn't. He should have. And he talks all about how to retire, inspire, and retirement's not an old person thing. It's a young person thing, and he tells us exactly how to do it. Let's hear him. Well, hey, Jason and I, we are honored to have you on the podcast, brother. Thank you so hey, much for being on. I am honored as well. Uh, you guys, you know Ken Coleman. Oh, oh yeah, of yeah. course. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we went to college with him back when he was a teenage kid. So we, we've really? known him since the so, very beginning. You know Coleman? Do you know Jeremy Breland? We oh, know yeah. Breland, of course. Bill Hampton? Yep. Yeah, Bill Hampton, sure. You guys, you guys. Oh, you. Man, we got yeah. this. Yeah, where did you the, go to college? I went to Georgetown. Oh, you did? Uh, okay. Just a little NAIA school outside of uh, Lexington, Kentucky. So it was a Baptist school. And you uh, played football out there? We did play a little football out there. Oh, <laughs> and then, man, you come on. A little football, nothing. I've seen pictures yeah. of you. Yeah, I played back in the day, man. You know, people <laughs> think I ran cross country or something, but, you know, this body, you can't do that. I don't. I run to hit people. I run to hit people. I didn't run to just run. Now, see, you're the smart guy. Do you do you have a voice into the NFL players right now? I mean, good grief, the wisdom a that you have. Them, a few of them. And, uh, you know, I've started off when I first joined Dave. Before that, I was working in the banking industry with a lot of uh, athletes and uh, musicians and actors trying to help these these people just get a plan for their money. Because you get so many people trying to take advantage of you. Everybody wants to, quote, unquote, help you. And so, uh, you know, a lot of those guys in the league have really listened. And I'm, I'm proud of what they've done for themselves and their families. Well, heck, even in your latest book, uh, Everyday Millionaire, you, you, you uh, interviewed, what, 10,000 millionaires? Listen, this study grew. You know, we wanted to know, can you still build wealth in America? And I had done a media hit, and it was a panel. And the guy at the end, the last person to talk, said the American dream is dead and gone. It's oh. not possible to build wealth anymore. Ooh. And, you know, I wanted to get over there and lay hands on him. Not the first <laughs> because I knew there was a single mom or a single dad out there listening to that, and they might believe that it's not possible for them anymore. Mm. And so we set out on a journey. And uh, we wanted to do the largest study that's ever been done just to prove it. Is it possible? And so, yeah, we spoke to over 10,000 all across the country. It uh, got so big, we had to use a research firm to help us uh, with that number of people. But we were able to prove without a shadow of a doubt, the American dream is not only alive, it's available. Oh, and I love that. So it's yeah. available to the average person? Everybody. Guys, the top three positions of all these millionaires that we studied, number one was an engineer. That's not shocking, right? Mm. They plan stuff. Yeah. Number two was accountant. Okay, they know how to count money and sure. plan. Okay, that's good. Number three blew me away. School teachers. No way. What? School teachers. Now, we all know school teachers are the most underpaid profession. 100%. Right? What they have to deal with. But the fact that we're talking about college professors and school teachers with their number three uh, position on that survey. So it just goes to show it's not necessarily about your income. It's not, it's more about the plan that you have and the belief you have in your head and heart of what's possible for you. Oh man. And then sticking to it. Diligence. That's right. Consistent. That's exactly right. I love John Maxwell's quote. He said, you know, it's the consistent little thing. It's excuse me. It's the little things consistently over time that makes all the difference in the end. 
Absolutely. And Maxwell, listen, that man's a walking guru. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is. He's a rock star. And he's right, though. But paying attention month after month, day after day of looking at your budget, being intentional about investing, blocking yourselves from doing what I call financial stupid, which I have yep. done in the past. Of course. Uh, but when you start to have that awareness, you can begin to control it. And so I think it's, it's really important for people to not only have that dream inside of them, but more importantly, let's get a plan. Oh, a hundred percent. I'll tell you, you know, I, I love how you talk. And I, as a matter of fact, during COVID, and I want to talk a little bit about COVID right now. Yeah. Here's what's really cool. I went on to your Instagram. I'm stalking you on Instagram. <laughs> and, and you had all these, I mean, thousands of people are on this Instagram live and you were just doing them over and over again. My favorite one was when you had cut your head shaving. I thought that was pretty cool. That Band-Aid looked awesome on you. <laughs> You were still stunningly handsome, even with that big old fat Band-Aid on your head. Listen, when you, you got this big head like I do, trying to shave it, you got to be intentional. Oh, that's but right. But getting online with people on Instagram, I'm going to tell you, that was a blast. Uh, because people were being real. Uh, they were being real about being fear, the fear yeah. they were having mm. uh, about what's going on. What do they do? And uh, we've all been there. We, we have all walked the path of fear where your thoughts can grow and get mm. bigger than reality, where you can actually lose touch with your faith and, yep. and Satan starts to creep in and to mess with you. And so it's really important to have those positive words being spoken. And so it was good to have that safe environment to be able to have that communication with that group. So what are you telling people now in the midst of COVID and in the midst of crisis to do with their money? Well, first and foremost, I want them just to go into conserve mode mm. right now. That's one of the phrases my publicist and I came up with. Because when, when things get tight or things are unsure, you need to preserve and conserve what you do have and what's coming in. And so that means you got to get rid of the unnecessary, right? You got to start to look and cut the unnecessary subscriptions, uh, the gym membership that wasn't even open, right? You couldn't get to it. But right. if you're still paying 150 to $200 a month, that's a problem. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's, that's wow. Okay. So they're, they're conserving. But what about... You know, uh, one of the things I loved what you were talking about with the stock market, you mentioned this, and I don't even know if you remember this, you said something to the effect of, you know, look, you, you, with COVID, we don't want to put our hands to our mouths, we don't want to put our hands in our eyes, but you'd also don't want to lay your hands on your stocks and just sell everything <laughs> right now. Don't panic. Yeah. You know, the stock market, uh, I, I've, I've done almost 90 media hits in the last two months. The stock market is a living, breathing thing. And when things are going well and people are optimistic, guess what? The market climbs. But whenever there's uh, unrest or there's some pessimism or things aren't going well, it starts to decline. And so the problem is, is that a lot of people want to make reactions. And if you react when the market's down, what happens is, is now you take away the opportunity for the rebound. And it's really one of those phrases. It's called dollar cost averaging. Oh, yeah, of course. You are investing consistently over time. So when prices are low, you're actually grabbing more. Yep. And when it starts to increase, this is where you realize the growth. And so I just wanted people to not necessarily look at their retirement fund as their emergency fund. Mm. Right. Too many times people do that. And the government, all right, let's be honest. Okay. They're not the sharpest knives in the drawer. No. And this new CARES Act, when they removed the 10% penalty, people thought, oh, great, this opens the gate to get to it. Well, the reality is that you still have to pay taxes and you're still stopping the growth of your money. So that's not the first step. I tell people the only time you want to touch a 401k is to prevent a foreclosure or to prevent a bankruptcy. Mm, that's actually really good advice. Say, say that one more time. The only time you touch a 401k 
The only time you want to consider touching a 401k is to prevent a bankruptcy or to prevent a foreclosure on a, on your home. Wow. Okay, and so then, of course, that's prepping you for your retirement. And I love your voice. And I'm going to read a quote from you on retirement on your website. And I love the way that you're rethinking this whole word retirement, even on our bio on our website. We say don't retire, re-tire. In other words, hey, get ready, put new tires on, because that's a whole new level of life, and you don't have to wait until you're old. So here's hey, your when quote. You, when you read the quote, can you read it in the Chris Hogan voice? No, dude, it's we have so to it, dude. Think about retirement he in a could, different way. He could read. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it. I, I wish you would just would go on the Bible app and ask them if you could read the Bible so that I can start listening to your voice. Read the Bible to me. That's all. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> so here's your quote about retirement. You said, we have to be, uh, begin to think about retirement in a different way. I want you to replace those old, tired, and depressing ideas attached to the word retirement with the truth. Retirement is a new chapter, some of your best years. It brings new opportunities. It's about your legacy. Retirement should mean wealth, peace, fun, satisfaction, security, and freedom. I want to remind you again that retirement shouldn't be defined any longer as an old person thing. Retirement should be viewed as a smart person thing. Talk more about that. Well, you know, I had you guys, when I first started as a financial coach, I was sitting down with people of all income brackets. And so many people were telling me that they thought Social Security was going to save the day. Mm. And I got to be honest with you, that scared me. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I remember going, Social Security, I mean, that's on average at that time is $1,000 a month. It's based on how much you pay into it. And I knew the average mortgage payment was $1,500 a month. And the average car payment was over 500 mm. So if someone had a mortgage and a car payment, Social Security wasn't going to help take care of those two things. That's right. So it needed a wake-up call. And I'll never forget, I sat down with Dave and I'm like, Dave, somebody needs to do something. Like people need to know. And he just looked at me and he goes, what are you going to do? Oh, I love that. (laughs) And you know how it is. You know how the Lord works. When you begin to feel the burden, it could be a call for you to do something. Mm. And so looking at that and thinking about it, that's what spurred it on. You know, for me, I I love options. I don't ever want to not have options. I want to be able to pick what I do. I want to be able to do things for the people that I care about the most. And so that means I need to do the work, Mm. right? I can't wait on Superman to fly in, AKA the government to save the day. I need to get my own cape. And that Mm. means I need a plan of action and make sacrifices. And when your dreams are big enough, fellas, I'm going to tell you, that was the key. That's what gets people started moving. Like I ask people, where do you want to go? And they'd say, well, Chris, I'd love to travel. I go, okay, that's not enough. Where are you traveling to? And they would just look at me. And I said, who's going with you? And how long are you there? And what are you doing while you're there? And I begin to drill down in. See, I wanted people to see their dreams, not just topically. I wanted to see it high definition, mm-hmm. just like a high definition TV. And when you see it that clear, and here's where it started. I went into an electronic store. My dryer had died, guys, and I had to spend money. You know, I don't like spending money. I like to invest it. That's right. But I- find another dryer and my dryer was dead. I mean, it wasn't working. I could blow on a sock and dry it faster than the dryer would dry. Situation. But I went into this electronic store on the way to the dryers and there was this TV. It had to be like a 70 inch high definition TV. And I remember how clear I could see the football happening on this thing. There were six dudes standing around it. Everybody was like just drooling. looking Oh, of course. You could see sweat about to come out of somebody's pore. This is how high def it was. And I left out of there and I thought, that's the key. If I can get people to see their retirement dream as high definition as that TV, 
then I can get people to connect to it and understand the importance of a plan. Wow. And the way you do that is you get them to visualize? Is that you take you them through visualize. it? You have to. And not only just for yourself, but the people around you that you love the most. You know, oh, one good. of my driving forces with my three boys, one day, I can't wait to be a grandparent. You know, my grandparents were rock stars. Uh, and they're all passed away now, and I miss them daily. Mm. But they made deposits in this little country boy. Mm. They got me to believe some things. They got me to see some things differently. And I just, one of my driving forces is I want to be that kind of grandparent. I want to spend time. I want to make deposits. I want to make memories and dreams. And so I know if I work hard now, if I can resist some financial stupid and mm. be very intentional with money, it's going to open up avenues for me to make an impact on more people than I could ever imagine. I got two questions for you. First, how old are your boys? What are their names? Oh, they are 15, 14, and 13. So I'm a oh, long wow. way away from grandparenthood. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I've got, I got, well, I'll tell you, if you got a 15, 14, and a 13-year-old boy, you got some sweaty boys running around your house. And, I, and, I, oh. and if you've got teenagers that age running around your house, you don't know anything, do you? They know everything. They're so much smarter than you. They are hilarious. I call them hungry and hormonal uh, at that age. They're running around. But they're they're good boys. They're growing, though. That's awesome. Uh, And and my second question is, uh, tell me some of the financial stupid. We've been talking all about retirement right now. What's some financial stupid that's going to prevent that dream retirement? Uh, That's a great question. Well, I'll start with myself. I went looking at a vehicle. Let me do it in quotes. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what I came home with? You know what I found? I found a payment. And <laughs> oh, I yeah, home. you did. It was almost $700 a month oh, for this SUV. And so be careful of what you go look at. Be smart and stick to a plan because there's crazy out there around every corner. Someone's wanting to sell you a boat or a vehicle that has a lot of debt attached to it. Another thing is not investing. Thinking, I, I'll get to it later. Or it, it, that's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. The third is pulling money out of your retirement. Mm. I see people doing this to pay for weddings, to pay for down payment on homes or vacations. And so this is one of those things where you're stopping compound interest from growing. Yeah, that's right. Don't do that. It's like planting a bush and waiting a year later and going out and pulling it up out of the ground and then sitting it back on top. It's not going to catch up. So leave the money alone. You know, my brother and I, we talk about how people typically, whenever they start their own businesses, obviously this is the Expert Ownership Podcast. We're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, business leaders, for-profit, non-profit. We talk how you start out as a wannapreneur, then you move into a solopreneur, you're doing it on your own. Then you become an entrepreneur where you actually own a business. But the goal is to not just be the entrepreneur, but to move to see a preneur status where you don't even need the business like, if you don't see want ya, to. I'm out. Yeah. So yeah. that that being the case. What are some of your specific uh, investment strategies that you tell leaders? Look, if you want to get to see your preneur status, if you want to get to where you don't need your business and you can go to your kids' ball games at any time you want to, give us a few tips. Well, here's the first. Uh, here's a couple, and a couple of them don't even have to do with investing. I think if you ever want to get to senior preneur status where you're moving forward, yeah. you've got to make sure that you're hiring excellently, mm. right? And if you're bringing people on on your team, you need to make sure you're bringing in top notch people, and you need to spend time mentoring and pouring into them, right? You want to Good. teach them to think like you think, and that's not something that can happen overnight. So you have to spend time. That's really important. On the money side of things, I think it's really important for entrepreneurs to operate out of two buckets. Too many times you'll have entrepreneurs that are running their business out of their personal account, Mm. right? Everything's flowing from this one account, and it's an accounting nightmare, and it's extremely frustrating for your bookkeeper. So you want to operate out of two accounts. You've got the personal side, the personal bucket, I call it, and then you've got your business bucket. And so you want to operate the business out of the business bucket. 
Number two, you want to make sure you've got uh, you've got an emergency fund on the personal side, Mm. right? It's really important. We tell people three to six months of expenses because life can happen. Hashtag COVID, right? I mean, this is (laughs) exactly one of those things. Who would have ever predicted this? But at the same time, in your business side, you want to have retained earnings. This is where you've intentionally set aside money to be able to handle the fixed expenses as well as the variable expenses. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing on the financial front is get with an investment professional ASAP. When you're self-employed, you don't have money automatically coming out of your paycheck for a 401k or 403b. You've got to be intentional about how you're investing. That means you've got to write the check. So you need to work with someone. And I tell people, find someone that has the heart of a teacher. This is someone that wants to help you reach your goal, not just sell you some stuff. And so when you find that person and you work closely with them, now you can start to build your financial future. I'll tell you, you know, Chris, it's funny. It's as if you watched our online course, Expert Ownership, already. And for the listeners, hey, expertownership.com, that's our online course. You just talked about building a great team, operating out of your two buckets, separating. We call it professional and personal. We just like the P's because we're good Baptist boys. And uh, we also say obsess over costs and collections. Hey, outsource to the pros. Outsource. Get you, get the right investment strategy with the pros and also with your bookkeeping and all of these other things, the accounting. Yes. But then another thing that Jason and I talk about in this course is uh, we talk about our three budgets. And, and we talk about quantifying as an entrepreneur, as a leader. And if you really want to achieve that CEOpreneur status, if you really want to have that inspi- retire inspired, then you have to quantify How much is enough? What do I need to achieve that vision or that dream or that movie that you're talking to us about? And Jason and I say, in our own story, we built three budgets, a livable, a comfortable, and an incredible budget. Ooh, I like that. And our goal- Say it again. A livable budget, a comfortable budget, and an incredible budget. All right. And, And we want to accomplish the livable budget off of our active income that we earn from business. And then, of course, we want that business to continue to grow, and you got to build a great team. And when you're separating your two buckets and when you're obsessing over cost and collections and all of these, you can build it to then cover your comfortable budget. Right. And eventually, it will cover your incredible budget, which is the budget that you need to live on. But now, retire now, inspired. But that's off of your active income from your business. The goal is to is to live so low so that you can actually take that active income and convert it to passive income to then cover right. those three budgets. And that's where Jason and I are. This When we built this course, Expert Ownership, we have actually achieved by the age of 33, and we literally applied Dave Ramsey's principles. When you live like no one else, you'll live like no one else. That's we right. moved our families in together, and I've got five kids. Jason has four. I'm always ahead of him. <laughs> I got a 20-year-old boy, an 18-boy, 16-girl, 14-girl, and a 10-boy. You know, yeah, 10 boy. And then anyway, but when we moved our families in together, we had young families, diapers, pregnant wives, but we lived together because we had to obsess over our costs and get them down as low as humanly possible. But by the age of 33, we had built our companies. We had invested, invested wisely. We'd also invested foolishly, but by God's grace, we were able to do what you said, dollar cost average when the market turns. The next thing you know, we're living on our incredible budget off of passive income, not active business income, and boom, expert ownership was born. That is fantastic. I did not know that story. Uh, Are you guys still living together? Oh, God, no. (laughs) In Jesus' name, no. Well, once his kids started to want me more as a dad than him, things things changed a little bit. Okay, so Chris, Chris, will you talk with us a little bit about debt? Obviously, business owners, you know, they're they're kind of torn. Should I go in debt? Should I not go in debt? Talk to us about what you think about debt. 
Well, you know, here's the reality. I went to grad school and got my master's degree. And I, I remember teachers talking about OPM, other people's mm-hmm. money and yeah. leveraging. And I've got friends that have run the gamut and done all kinds of things. And I've done all kinds of stupid as well. You know, what I've learned is, is that there's two types of interest out there. There's interest that you earn and there's interest that you pay. Oh. And whenever you have debt, right, you, you are paying interest. Mm-hmm. You're being penalized for using someone else's money. When you invest and you earn interest, you're being rewarded for growing your own. Wow. And so for me, I, I don't want the penalty in my life. I'd rather have rewards. And so like in that. my mindset, and I know I've had people from grocery store chain owners, real estate, uh, you name it, right, to, to rationalize or attempt to rationalize with me about taking on debt. Sure. My, fear, my theory is, is this. Debt brings risk. Mm. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's like a frenemy. You guys ever had somebody oh, yeah. you thought was your friend, but they turned out, oh, yeah. right, you know, don't <laughs> look at each other, your twins, your brothers. <laughs> a frenemy. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's what debt is. That's a frenemy. It feels like it's your buddy. And then all of a sudden you start to look at it and you realize all it does is take. Mm. It just takes. It doesn't care if your child is sick. Mm. And I ran through that with one of my boys. It doesn't matter it, what your income is doing. It doesn't care about your own health. Debt is a taker. And so as you look at this, you realize, I understand firsthand, it'll take your peace of mind. It'll take away your joy. It just takes. So I would have, uh, I would have, of course, encourage people. I'd much rather you go slow with cash. And I'm not condemning people if you have debt. I just want you to get serious, get it out of your life, mm-hmm. and then become your own uh, credit line. Set aside money where you can be able to operate. And so it's possible out there. And so I want people to see it for what it is. Don't think of debt as your friend. It's a friend of me. Wow, that's that's incredible, and and you know I never heard Dave say it like that. Where uh, uh, interest? Well, that's, that's mine. Yeah, that's what uh, I was going to say. Go. He needs to steal that from you. What 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 interest does? It's going to pay you, or you pay it. That's yeah, phenomenal. That's right. And and yeah. you know because of Dave's teachings, David and I we followed that, and like he said, by thirty three, and now of course we're forty four. But all of our businesses that we own, all of our real estate holdings, everything that we got, completely debt free. We that's we give God the credit for that. But I'm telling you just the freedom of mm. that. And and honestly, we pulled it from the Old Testament. We call it the promised land principle. There's a principle mm. that when you move from the wilderness into the promised land, there's a verse that says, you will lend, you will not borrow. Mm. Now, isn't it interesting there are more Bible verses on money than anything else? What, what are your thoughts on that? I, it, it, well, it just goes to show us that that it's a tool. It's it's a tool for us to learn on, and it's also something that can easily trip us up mm. when when you get confused, you know. And and when people start to badmouth, you know, people about building wealth, it blows me away, right? That's the agnostics; they don't understand the reality of it. Right. That you know, we're all entrusted to be good stewards of what God's blessed us with. Mm. Can I talk? Can we talk about the Good Samaritan story? Oh, for come a second? on, please. Luke chapter ten. Go. Here's the reality: if the Good Samaritan didn't have means and money. He doesn't get to become the good Samaritan. So good. He becomes another passerby. But because he did have some means, he was able to reach out and help someone that was in need. And not just a little help, talking about picking him up and making sure he had shelter and food for a substantial period of time. So I think it's important for us to realize, first and foremost, we're stewards. The Lord owns it. Our job is to be a good manager. And, you know, and I think that spirit, when you have that awareness, I tell people it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. Mm. Wow. 
And so it's really important to think back and look at where you've been blessed, where you've had opportunities, where things went better than you anticipated, where he was there. And so when you have that awareness and put him first, everything else can fall into place. Oh, that's so good. Jason and I talk about you want to make income, but your income is meant for impact. Mm, oh, it, I like that. Yeah, you know. I'm going to tweet it. Hey, it's, it. it's all yours. You just run with that. <laughs> I'll but, give you credit. I do. I like that a but lot. That, but that's that's what God wants. You, you look at that good Samaritan, and we even talk about Jesus. Where was he at 29? You know, Jason and I talk about the, the, the whole idea of being a Christian in the marketplace. You're a minister of God. Where you're placed and how you're paid does not define the minister. Yeah. It's about passion and the presence of God in your life, not your position uh, of authority. So, so Jason and I talk about, okay, here you look as a, as a minister of God in the marketplace. We want to make income like the Good Samaritan. Jesus was at 29 years old. Was he in the ministry at 29? Well, a lot of people would say, uh, no. At 30 is when he started his ministry. We're like, uh-uh, at 29 years old. He was ministering. And do you think he actually billed people for his services? Well, you better believe he did. He had to. Did he have to come back? Did he correct things? I mean, we don't know about any of that, but we do know he was in the marketplace. And Jesus didn't have to go out and do a fundraising campaign for himself. Mm-hmm. And, and so we just see that this whole principle of entrepreneurship, this whole principle of investing, this whole principle of Jesus knew in his life at age 30, boom, here comes some impact. And unfortunately, you think about Christ, you know, he knew how he was going to die. Can you imagine knowing that for your entire life, how depressing that would be? Yeah, yeah. But, but here he is. He's, he's, he's developed an engine of income for the purpose of three years of global impact. And that's really kind of our vision of retirement is, yes, I do want to travel. Yes, I want to take care of my children and my grandchildren. I want to do all of these things. Scripture tells us that houses and wealth are inherited from parents. So that's part of it. But I also want to have an engine for impact. And ours, we've been pouring into pro-life initiatives across the country and all these other things. But it's so rewarding when you can actually step into the ditch and say, I'm going to have an impact here because I've worked hard with my income. Well, you know, I hear this story and I can't remember where it started, but uh, there's a story of a guy that falls into a well. And uh, the first friend comes up and looks down and says, dude, what happened? He goes, I'm stuck. He goes, hold on, I'm going to go get a rope. Another guy comes, sees his friend down there. He goes, hold on, I'm going to go call somebody. The third friend comes and jumps down in the well with him. And the guy looks at him and he goes, what are you doing, dude? Now we're both stuck. Guy says, no, we're not. I've been here. I know the way out. Oh, yeah. The reality is, is that we do need to get near people. We need to get connected and we need to show people the things that we've learned, the things that we know, and let's grab them and show them. And some people you can tell them, some people you can point, but others need to be taken. And I think when we put ourselves in a position to be able to have some means, we can take people to the direction they need to go. That's so good. Yes. And, and I see on your website, it says invest like a millionaire. Which is fantastic. I love that you've got that on there. What are some What are some little tips that you would say? Give me two of them if you've got some for yeah. investing like a millionaire invests. I'm going to tell you this. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you three things. I think first and foremost, you have to believe that it's possible. And people will say, well, Chris, why mm. do you start with that? But I'm going to tell you, you know, I don't know about you all, but, you know, some there's some crazy and some families out there. Yeah. You're right, man. <laughs> you grow up with people that could tell you you could never do something or it's not possible for you because you didn't see it around you. So I think it's important for you to believe what's possible for mm. you. Then you got to grow your knowledge. 
That means you got to understand about gross stock mutual funds. You need to understand about investing and compound interest and having the conversations with people so you can learn because we tend to fear or resist what we don't know. That's right. So grow your knowledge. So first is believe. Next, grow your knowledge. The third thing is take action. Mm. That means getting on a budget. As Maxwell says, tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Beginning like to get yourself out of debt. Start to invest and save. Those principles are tried and true and they work. And so if you want to invest like a millionaire, you need to start to think like one. You need to start to live like one. And you got to grow your knowledge as well. That Damn. is 100. I'm telling you, you are our brother from another mother. You're our triplet. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Our expert ownership course and everything that we've done there is, I mean, it's as if we're singing off the exact same song sheet. And we want to make sure that uh, we, we shoot this course over to you and let you just because. I mean, I mean seriously, so I'm going to jump in there. I want to dig into this. And oh, learn. it's so fun. No. Oh, it's so that's, fun. But, but that's and, only after we read your book, Everyday Millionaires. Yeah, Man, even can, the subtitle on there makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up because I, I'm so excited about it. Well, you know, I think it's important, guys, that you all continue to speak and teach people. Um, I, you know, we've all had coaches in our lives mm. and, you know, in sports or in music or whatever it is. And a coach's job is to help you get better. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help people think bigger and try harder. And I know you guys are doing the same thing. So keep up the good work. Uh, keep telling people what they need to hear. Uh, eventually, they'll start to believe it and they'll start to try it. Awesome. And how, how do you want people to, to get a hold of you and to reach you to how to follow you? Where do they need to go? Oh, it's really easy. You can just go to chrishogan360.com. You can learn about my show and all the social media stuff from right there. And Jason and I are part of that. I actually, I follow you on Instagram. I watch your lives. I mean, I follow you. And what my favorite thing that you do, you do screenshots of your Bible where you've highlighted verses. Yes. I mean, that really matters. That is, that is amazing because I'm telling you, you're not just telling people truth. You're leading them to the truth. Yeah, no, you're right. And listen, we don't have to be perfect. We are perfectly capable of improvement, and that's mm. what we need to strive for each day. And when we close this up, we ask every guest that comes on our podcast, we talk about the Faithful Five, because it's expert ownership, not just business, not just our finances, but it's ownership of every area of your life. And we call the Faithful Five, these are five Fs. You, you want to take ownership in your faith, mm. relationships in your family, your finances, your fitness, and even your friendships. Can you tell us, just take one of those areas, on how you're owning it in the midst of COVID, everything that's happening around you, your faith, your family, finances, fitness, or friendships, how are you owning it? Well, I'm going to tell you this. I can tell you with friendships, uh, I have been blessed to have some incredible people around me, uh, people that don't just care for me, they care about me. Mm -hmm. And so being connected uh, and reaching out, I think, you know, as men, we can tend to isolate. Mm. Uh, we don't communicate really well. But with this group of friends, you know, really communicating, talking about my feelings, talking about the, you know, the things that I'm concerned about or, or anything that's on my head and heart has really created this bond where we've grown tighter. Uh, with this group. And when you walk through life with people, you get an opportunity to really get to know them. And so I am definitely intentional uh, following up. I'll tell you this, one of my good friends passed away in December. I uh, was tragically killed in a hunting accident Oh man! Uh, and broke my heart. I mean, it was one of the most painful things I've had to walk through mm -hmm. in a long time. And uh, I've made it a point to make sure that I'm following up with his mom and dad. Oh, that's I text and call them once a week. And it's an important thing to do because that's exactly what he would have done for me. That's wow. right. So I told them recently, I said, you know, I said, you know, I know you lost a son and I lost a friend, but you've got another one in me. 
Wow. And it's one of those things of being intentional. So that's honoring my friend, even though he's gone. I'm going to honor that friendship by staying in touch with his parents. And if they have a need, if they have something that needs to happen, I'll be there for them. Oh, I love it. Doesn't can, that feel good, man? I can hear the passion in your voice. Even you, you saying that right there, I'm like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> I love it. Hey, that's what we call expert ownership right there. Listen, Chris, brother, hey, look, we love you, man. I've never met you a day in my life until right now. We've been following you, but hey, it, it, this is amazing. There will be a full frontal hug when we meet. <laughs> guys i can't wait to meet you and i can't wait to join you and we'll do a show together awesome god bless you chris guys take care man i loved what he said and i actually repeated it that there's two things that interest can do for you it can either take money from you or give money to you it, it's interest that you earn or interest that you pay. Yeah. Man, that is good. That's just so simple. And I, I loved at the very end. I, you could see in his heart, he was actually, he had a lump in his throat. He was about to cry when he talked about how, look, I will be a son to you. lost your son, but I, if you have financial needs, I'm going to step in. Now, in order to do that for the people that you really care about most, you have to be wise with your money. So listening to the stuff that he's talking about is just amazing. Some of these principles, when he talked about building a great team, operating out of the two buckets, your professional and your personal buckets, um, and then talking about staying within your budget and making sure that you don't make, uh, don't invest in stupid, which would be running at the speed of debt, not at the speed of cash. But the thing that hit me the most, though, was how he kind of got a little choked up there at the end when he was talking about the friendship that he's now investing in with the parents of his friend that died. Uh, he never got emotional once when we were talking about money, but he got emotional when he was talking about relationships. And that just shows you the importance of elevating relationships over revenue. Mm. So let's do that. I'm, I'm convicted. We need to all do that, man. I, I really enjoyed this podcast. Amazing stuff. Hey, if you're looking to crack the code to have financial freedom, a thriving business, and a life of impact, the best resource we know is our Expert Ownership course, where we take you through a step-by-step process to help you become a CEApreneur. You can earn more income and even have more impact, especially with those people that matter the most to you in your family and in your friendships. ExpertOwnership.com is your course.